Adventures in time and space told in future tense. All radio is dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Look, there comes one of them now. Brad, how much you bench, bro? <laughs> <laughs> How much you bench? How much you bench? <laughs> How much you bench? Welcome! Risen from the Coffin, we are the Nosferatu Dudes. I'm Kyle. And I'm Brad. And tonight we are talking about Death Spa. Death Spa! <laughs> Finally! Nin- Finally we get to Death Spa because, Kyle, we had to sit through Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> and Friday the 13th. <laughs> And all these other movies that weren't Death Spot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We had to we had to suffer through <laughs> And we apo- I apologize that it took so long to get to it, but <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Better officially officially uh the the date is nineteen eighty eight on Death Spa. Right. Um, so in case you have Shudder and you're confused, it says nineteen ninety on Shudder. Right. I think that 1990 was like the VHS release or something. I think Maybe. there's because yep. because they they started making it in 87. Yeah. And then it, it didn't actually officially come out till 88. Hmm. Directed by Michael Fisher. I'm going to pronounce it Fisher because I can't imagine it's pronounced Fiska. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you're right. Now, if you live in Europe or Asia, though, this, this movie had a different title. If you, oh. if, if you saw this in, in France or Germany uh, or China, uh, China uh, this was titled Witch Bitch. <laughs> yes, I'm going down to the cinema to see Witch Bitch. <laughs> You know, I, I, I that's tough. Right? I, I Death get, Spa is a great title. Yeah, we like we love Death Spa. <laughs> but 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 how so in the so in the beginning of the movie, just to skip real quick, um, just to skip <laughs> to where the title sequence in it and it all the lights on the spots, it's a health spa. Right. I can't imagine they changed right? it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the lightning hits the sign. Lightning hits the sign, and then it reads "Death Spa." And that gets your because it's called Star Body Health Spa. Star Body Health. Spa. Yeah. And yeah. so when the lightning hits, that's it becomes the title card, Death right. Spa. So right. I imagine if you were in Germany or something, and went to <laughs> they could should the call the Death Spa went went to the cinema to see. Yeah this movie oh. and you're like yeah oh. we're going to go see which bitch i hear it's very good here it's very oh. american you know <laughs> and you you get in there and then they hit the beginning thing and you're like wait i thought if you could speak you're english not, if you could read yeah. english you'd be like i thought this was called which bitch <laughs> you know hans just with the lightning hitting and this says death spot they should have just called this death spot I, I, I don't know why they... france i think it's called death spa 
times in France. <laughs> France, I think, I think we've been duped. <laughs> I think this movie is called Death Spa. Oh no! I yeah. I cannot believe this. I feel so betrayed by the Americans. Mm. So anyway, uh, yeah, Witch Bitch or Death Spa. Either way, fun. Uh, even if it was called Witch Bitch, that's great. Witch <laughs> Bitch is a great title. <laughs> I just think it gets a little confusing with and, the beginning and, of the movie. And by the way, just, just to be clear, since this is an audio medium, uh, Witch Bitch as in the like Wicked Witch of the West, like the, the, the yeah. magical, supernatural practice, you know, magic practitioner witch, not witch. like which bitch is doing this. <laughs> I don't know. Is it that das bitch, bitch or that bitch? I don't know. I don't know. Which bitch? So this stars uh, Willem William Bum Miller. <laughs> what a name. William oh, Bum Miller as We're Mike, not getting through this. As <laughs> Michael Evans. He is he's the owner of Starbody Health Spa and he he gives a uh tour de force performance. Uh and then uh Brenda Baki, that might be a name for anybody that did grow up in the eighties. You might recognize uh the name Brenda Baki. She plays the love interest. Laura Danvers, the the damsel in distress, she is actually, I don't know if you pegged this, Brad, she is the hottie from Hot Shots Part 2. That's exactly where I knew her from. Right, yeah, so if you, you know... Yeah. If yeah. you know her Hot Shots kept, Part 2... Didn't her mole keep moving? Yeah, the mole kept moving, the beauty mark yeah, kept moving kept around her face. And, yeah, yeah uh, she played Michelle Rodham Huddleston <laughs> in Hot Shots Part 2. Yeah, um, it's been a while since I watched it, but I got to go back and watch it. Now, now she was a series of hotties. She played a series of hotties. She was obviously the hottie in this movie. She was the hottie in Hot Shots. She was also the hottie uh, Cordelia from Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was also in Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Yes, she was. And she played Lana Turner in L.A. Confidential. So she is a, an established working actress. This was uh, this was one of her uh, this early This is an films. early one. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, and William Bummiller, he actually got the job playing Michael uh, in part because he had actually been a health club manager. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> I did see that, yeah. Um, the other uh, big star of the film, there's kind of like three big stars of the film. The other star is Merritt Buttrick as David Avery, who is the brother-in-law of the main character, Michael. Now, Merritt Buttrick, you probably don't recognize the name because the name wasn't big, but if you're a Star Trek fan, he was the son of James Tiberius Kirk, in yes. Star Trek 2 and 3. Uh-huh. Star Trek Wrath of Khan, best Star Trek film ever made. <laughs> Just going on record Wait, with that. Are, am, am I going to yell? <laughs> oh, yeah, actually. <laughs> you, you froze. <laughs> you, it, Brad's reconnecting. He froze just as he was about to yell it. <laughs> <laughs> you you completely froze as you were about to yell it. Go ahead and yell it. 
Are you going to... Come <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad blew the mic out on that one. I think so. <laughs> so he I'm, was... I apologize to anybody listening in the car with the volume up. <laughs> so, yeah. So he was in Star Trek 2 and 3. He also had small roles in uh, the, the Scott Bayo vehicle, Zapped. And that's <laughs> oh my goodness. One of one of well, my brother and I got away with renting that with like either my, I can't remember it was either my mom or my dad. And we went to the video store, I don't know, West Coast video or, or um, mega video maybe. And um, he we knew that was a kind of a raunchy comedy yeah he right? like mentally so like rips like underwear off and exactly yeah. it's like a porkies right so like eric and i got away with renting that when we were a kid <laughs> and um i i i still thought because I, I think that was rated r no it had to be i'm not sure i don't know offhand um but yeah it was it was one of those where you know usually you saw that kind of later in the evening on on cable you know on the HBO's because and... Willie Ames was in Zapped. Yeah, basically with uh, Scott Bayo. I it think was secretly, like Charles secretly Charles in Charge was just a sequel to Zapped. I think. Right, right, that's right. <laughs> Where he forsook his powers, and <laughs> decided to become a babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mer- no, Butcher- definitely rated R. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent rated R. Um. And so. I do not know how we got away with that because, yep, plenty of, yep. Okay. <laughs> Merritt wow. Buttrick, he was also, had a small part in Fright Night Part 2. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Merritt Buttrick, now he plays a gay man in the film. Merritt Buttrick uh, was a gay man in real life. And he unfortunately, to get serious for one second, he succumbed to toxoplasmosis from the AIDS virus. Um, at age 29, it was the very right next, after this, very well. next year after this movie came out. Yeah. Um, and and he was a he was a good actor. He was a very he probably could have had a a, a much larger career if yeah. uh, he hadn't unfortunately died. Now, one of our favorites is in this Ken Foree as oh, Marvin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, Ken Foree, Dawn of the Dead. He, he all over TV. He he did Hill Street. Halloween. He did the Rob Zombie movies. He did. Yeah, he did in Hill Street Blues. T.J. Hooker, The A Team, yeah. Knight Rider. Uh, he's in From Beyond. One from of Beyond. Our, from Beyond. Yeah. One of our favorites. Yeah. He was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Three. Yes, he was. Now, oddly enough, um, the the eponymous witch bitch. Uh, Sherry Shattuck, who plays Catherine, the dead wife of the main character, Michael, um, she was dubbed. I found out in my research, she was dubbed through this entire movie. Really? Yeah, and I I can't tell, but I did quickly look at her bio, and apparently she's from Georgia, so... Maybe there was like an accent, and the director decided he didn't like Couldn't it with the it. accent, and so. But they, liked her look enough that she. Yeah, you know, liked her look, kept her in the film, but overdubbed every one of her lines. Because otherwise, you just hire another. Right. Actress. Yeah, if you don't mind spending on the reshoots, just recast it. 
and there's another recognizable actress in this, Chelsea Field. She plays Darla. She's yes. one of the gals yeah. that works at the club, and mm-hmm. she is Tila in Masters of the Universe. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And yes. she was also before she did this. She this was I think uh, her like first film. Uh, she was a solid gold dancer. Before she was in this, if any, if any, anybody, oh, wow. any old heads out there like us remember Solid Gold. No, jeez, <laughs> oh man, that's that's where you literally just tuned in to watch like great looking professional dancers dance to like the day's like top forty pop hits of that week, you know, right. <laughs> you know? Right. and um, and she also uh, is married to Scott Bakula. I found that. Yay, out. Quantum Leap. That's right. Yeah. Um, then uh, you got some other smaller characters. Uh, Joseph Whip is Dr. Leto Moray. Um, but you might recognize Joseph Whip because he was Sergeant Parker in Nightmare on Elm Street and he was Sheriff Burke in Scream. So he's been mm. in a few of these uh, these flicks. Yep. And the, the last big mention before I get off of the cast is. Uh, Look for the very first appearance on screen yep. of Karen Parsons playing the role right. of Brooke. Karen Parsons was Hillary Fresh Banks Prince. on yeah. the Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel Air. Yep, that's right. Of course, she was Hillary. She played the and actually, um, she's not as stuck up in this, but she kind of has that knack for being like the kind of like it girl. You know, yeah. with the looks yep. and the <laughs> lifting the shoulder up. No one can see the, this, but Kyle is shimmying his shoulders back and forth. <laughs> so oh, Michael man. Fisher, he got the idea to do this movie from the the big, of course, health craze of the 1980s. Um and it was filmed in a former dance studio, and the outside of the building was actually a strip mall that they like stuck the Star Body Health Spa sign on. And uh, yeah, I mean, we might as well we might as well get on into it, right? Sure, let's do it. So, Brad, I kind of quickly tried to rattle through because oh. you know this is not one of the films that you necessarily need to do uh, a deep dive on. Um, Uh, But uh, overall, uh like what makes you like when we watch this film, we literally gave it a standing ovation at the end. Yeah. (laughs) What makes you love this film? Oh, it was the deaths. (laughs) The deaths are very creative. That's really all it was. So yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, very 80s it's very 80s so we talked about chopping mall we did an episode on chopping mall and how they had that kind of synth soundtrack right very 80s the look was very 80s everything was super 80s and this movie is exactly that um so you had that um and then the um And then, yeah, it was really the deaths, I think, that there's nothing, there's, you know, Brenda Baki is... Brenda Baki, is, yeah. Baki. Uh, she's, she's good in this. Um, I, I, I liked her. I, I liked her in Hot Shots. Um, but it's just a fun little silly 
um, 80s movie that has some cool casting in it. Um, and you can tell by the beginning, the opening, when the lightning strike hits and it reads death spot that this is just going to be a silly horror movie right 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 you can you can tell right off the bat is you know they do the slow pull in into the spa and Mm. it looks like now apparently this was a dance studio but i remember when we were watching this the other night brad i was saying like how it almost looks like a mall it looks like somebody Mm. you know took the inside of a mall and just converted yeah. it to try and make it look like a fitness center. And yeah. um, so it has that whole feeling, like with from the tile floors to the artwork on the walls, it is 80s up and down, you know? Right. Um, right. And I mean, obviously it is because it takes place in the 80s, but it, if you want to get that like immediate 80s vibe... Oh the, my goodness! This is one of the movies all the you bright, can go to. Uh, yeah, the 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 bright colors, you know. Um, yeah, it's all know, pastels. The, the, the it's all yeah uh, yep. geometric graphics yep. <laughs> on yeah. the tile floors. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and so the the theme of the film you don't get it right away when it first starts, but the the uh, uh, the kind of uh, I should say the setup of the film is this is supposed to be the most modern health spa in existence. Oh, yeah. It has a very sophisticated computer system um, that controls all the equipment at the gym. Right. So the idea is you walk up and and the computer, you scan your card, Mm-hmm. And the computer knows your workout program or it has like mm-hmm. a set workout program for you as part of your health plan. And so then it will either increase or reduce uh, the weight or the resistance on whatever machine you're on automatically for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no weights to change on and off. There's no you get on the machine, you start doing your workout and if it knows after 10 reps, we up the weight by 10 pounds, it does yep. it automatically. Does it all for you. Yeah. Um, but Pretty it also, cool. yeah, yeah, actually it's, it's kind of a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, as we find out, maybe not so much. Well, I mean, it, I mean, the machine was haunted, so. You know. Unfortunately, the witch bitch gets involved <laughs> she 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 haunts it so i guess if you don't have a witch bitch haunting your sophisticated computer system <laughs> maybe it is a good idea yeah maybe um but this is also a full service uh health facility so they have a an aerobic dance studio they have yep. a pool they have you yep. know all this uh, uh, it's an olympic size swimming pool with you know, regulation yeah. high dives and and yeah. the this whole is a big building apparently. The whole yeah, the whole nine yards, and it's even got a um, like a a health just a health club side where they make healthy smoothies and health food. You know, you can get sushi, yeah. <laughs> you know, and right. all this kind of, and you get you buy your supplements. You get your supplements there. Well, I will say that if um, a lot of gyms have that now, they they um, they have a spot 
over on the side where you can get smoothies and you know healthy meals and stuff like that and yeah they sell supplements and everything so um yeah now the 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 sort of predicating incident where the first mm. signal that something is wrong is mm. we've got uh you know the the innocent uh female target of the witch bitch Brenda Baki she mm. she is completely naked in, <laughs> com- completely naked in the sauna um yeah. enjoying a hot steam yep. and uh something goes awry something goes awry something and th- goes very wrong and this is actually um this is actually like a fear of a lot of uh people that go and and totally enjoy absolutely oh my saunas. god nope i i won't go i won't go in because <laughs> i i am so scared to death even so they're not supposed to have locks on them right? right but you always you also see like someone you know puts a broom handle through you know mm-hmm. the the handle and you can't and you can't get out yeah um so i don't like to be in an enclosed room with like all of that going on like i think it's just a dangerous premise right right and so brenda baki she gets uh electronically locked into right the the steam room and she tries to break out she breaks the window it it right she does a palm strike oh yeah she full-blown like uh you know uh double double dragon she she took some (laughs) classes all right. Maybe the health club has, you know, martial arts classes. And right. she was taking some of those. So, but unfortunately, it's too little too late. She gets overcome by the steam and uh, gets uh, uh, blinded. <laughs> now she jumps out of that little window. No, she she doesn't. She actually collapses oh, she, back into the steam room. Oh, she, oh. yeah. Oh, she did. That's right. She yeah. So something room. happens with the heat and everything. She gets like, or maybe it was the glass shards. She burns her eyes. Yeah, or, she gets yeah. she gets blinded. So for the majority of the film, she is completely blind, um, yeah. which sets her up to be even more helpless against right. Right. Uh, against the powers of the nefarious witch bitch. Right. Um, and then meanwhile, uh, the main character, her love interest. Michael is busy having nightmares about the death of what you find out is the death of his wife. Right. They are nightmares about a burning woman in a burning wheelchair. Pregnant wife, right? She was not, not noticeably, but she was not noticeably, but there's the whole thing with the, baby bird and the mama bird and the papa bird and the nest and right. all that. And and what you end up finding out is that uh, she lit herself on fire. Right. She committed suicide uh, by, uh, what do they call that? Um, I, I forget what they uh, They call that setting your ass on fire. I believe the technical term is <laughs> burning your ass up. <laughs> right. 
but she she uh oh self-immolates that's the one i was looking for sure <laughs> that, that was that was the million dollar uh, word i was looking for um, we could have sat here all night i wouldn't have thought of that yeah she she literally doused herself in gasoline and lit herself yep. on fire um and you find out it's because apparently she was already kind of effed in the head like she she <laughs> she apparently had she sure um, was major jealousy issues um, she had Kyle, Kyle. <laughs> these days come on 2024 bud she had mental health issues ladies and gentlemen she did but it, it right. involved a lot of jealousy. She was very jealous. Uh, she was always like, you know, it was sort of like um, kind of the the uh, tropey, you know, guy and a girl walking down the street. Guy like maybe sees another girl that he knows from, you know, uh, some old job or whatever. Hey, hey. And they keep passing. They keep walking. And the mm. girlfriend's like, oh, did you fuck her? Did you fuck her? <laughs> 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 you fucked her, didn't you? <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, so apparently that's Michael's wife. That's Catherine. She's, like, totally, like, doesn't trust him, you know, and the whole bit. And then she gets pregnant, and there's a bit of a disagreement between did she want the kid? Didn't she want the kid? Not according to her brother. Not according to her brother, but then she also was making these weird things about, oh, she saw the house as a nest. And so it's like, you get... Yeah. You get the idea that like you said, mental illness that she kind of yeah, couldn't decide from one day to the next how she felt about anything. Mhm. And unfortunately, this all culminates in her between her mistrust of Michael and the stress of having the pregnancy, this culminates in her dousing herself with gasoline and lighting herself on fire. And apparently, uh, she must have thought that Michael was going to follow suit. <laughs> that, that Michael would Yeah, not... you go first, honey. <laughs> she apparently thought that Michael was not going to be able to live without her. But apparently, Michael's doing just fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Changed my mind last second. <laughs> yeah, he saw it. He was already yeah. doing. He he had the gasoline all over himself, and then he's he like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah. He saw her die in a screaming, flaming heap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, "Ooh." Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rethinking my life's choices. Rethinking this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Maybe not such a good idea. Seemed romantic at the time, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it was all a ro- like it was a whole Romeo and Juliet my, thing. You know, <laughs> honey, my remember my suggestion was to just shoot ourselves in the head, but <laughs> this was your idea. I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just you know. <laughs> the you know what the lighter isn't working, and I feel like that's ah. a sign from God. <laughs> So uh, now the the odd part is is that then they after never work in the wind, sweetie. <laughs> I swear they never work in the wind. Do we do we have one of the long ones like you the light a grill ones. with? Gonna, you know what? You stay right there. 
I'm going to go look in the house <laughs> to see if we have one, but I'll be right <laughs> back. But then it sets up this really uncomfortable situation because <laughs> while while Michael was married to Catherine, he opened the health club and kind of uh, as part of that, wanting to have this very modern health club, he enlisted the help of Catherine's twin brother, uh, David. And uh, David is this really smart computer expert that every chance he gets, he lets you know how much smarter he, he is than you are. And he's very opinionated and very outspoken about his opinions. And, he's very defensive of the computer system. Right, because that is his creation. Yeah. He, he built that computer system from the ground up, wrote all the code that controls all of the equipment and the doors and everything. And when this stuff starts going wrong... And obviously there's been an accident, so there's a little bit of an investigation. Is your place safe? Is this okay? You know, is this going to happen again? Yeah, he gets really defensive, like, no, this could not happen. You know, he's like, this is a total glitch that I am working out and I'm going to fix it. And I can't find anywhere in here where there's bad code that is going to cause mass havoc right um but then of course uh, you know things keep happening otherwise sure. you wouldn't have a movie <laughs> <laughs> good point but you also get the idea that this isn't all associated with the computer there's something else supernatural going on here because the very next accident that happens is uh, Tila from Masters of the Universe? <laughs> she she falls off the the uh, the high dive. The high dive board comes loose. Okay, so yeah, so she goes to jump off the high dive, but she takes like ten jumps before <laughs> she dives. So the bolt comes loose. But you know what? I kind of think maybe that wasn't even that was might have just been her fault for jumping up and down on it 10 times in a row. Well, and I mean, it's early in the film, so initially they leave that open. Like, okay, was that just an accident? Well, or... the cop, but the cop is there investigating the previous accident, and then they get called down to the diving board area, or the, the pool, and the cop is like, wow, diving board just doesn't, you know, fall off. It just doesn't break like that. And uh, so he's already very suspicious of kind of what's going on yeah and then david has the great point he's like computers don't control the diving boards like that is a good point again i th think it was more her fault <laughs> just excessive like easy easy yeah yeah, yeah hey Come hey on now. hey hey girl if you would have <laughs> if you would have dove in on jump five it would have been fine. Yeah, and then the little the little kid coming after you, they would have gotten. <laughs> well, they're lighter. <laughs> and you know what? Kids are like they don't even jump; they just run right off the board. <laughs> but I think the kid would have been fine. So now you you also get <laughs> you also get. Um, 
there there's other relationships that are involved here. There, so he's got a partner in the club, Priscilla Wayne, who sounds yep. like she was taken right out of like Dallas or <laughs> the, really, yeah. the Young and the Restless Priscilla Wayne. Yep. Yep. Um, I made that joke when we were watching. Well, there I, is I, a bit of that show in this movie, right? Yeah. It so at some point it feels like you're watching an episode of Dallas. <laughs> um, in between, like the kills and stuff like that, because she's right. She's, you know, it's Death Spa, so I'm not worried about spoiling this for anybody out there. You know, like she ends up trying to take the club. She's trying to scam him and and take the club from underneath him. Right. She she and their lawyer Tom and their lawyer right are are having a little shenanigans. Yep, little shenanigans. Is that's what is that what you call it? What do you call it? I call it fucking. I call it. I call, I, I call it happy horizontal time. <laughs> call it knocking them boots. Well, you know what? I shouldn't call it that because it's not always horizontal. Tom's all up in them meats. <laughs> let me get, let me get in them guts, girl. <laughs> you know what I call it? I call it. <laughs> So it turns out they've been conspiring against yeah. Michael because um, part of the thing is I think that they they want to they think that they can either just sell it off and make a bunch of money or or somehow do better and um, also Michael is very obviously still being affected by the suicide of his wife. And yep. so there's a little doubt as to how effective of an owner Michael is at this point. Every time the dude sleeps, he's having nightmares about his dead wife burning and then calling him to come to hell with her. And <laughs> So bummed out that Bic later wasn't working. <laughs> and then... Um, and then you you also get and I will say this film actually for as cheesy an eighties horror flick as it is, yes, actually gets into character building and characterization. Because you have these scenes where it's yeah, like yeah. him yeah. and Ken Foray like swimming and buddying around and you know, uh-huh. chat chit chatting about stuff. And uh, you actually get to really like these people. D- don't you? I, I, I mean, okay. So, yeah, okay. Let's get into that, right? So, okay. <laughs> likable. Well, this is kind of our thing. So, likable characters, right? Um <sighs> I I don't know. I think you like um I think you like Brenda Bakke uh, cuz you feel for her, you sympathize for her because of um the accident and she survived the accident so she's going through kind of the whole movie. And um and you feel bad for her, but other than her, I mean Michael is I I, I don't know. It's very he I don't I think he's kind of stiff and well, and, um, 
I think uh, you don't obviously you don't like um, the brother. You don't like David, right? Yeah, because um, he's a, he's you're, stuck you're, up. You, well, he's just mean to everybody. Yeah, so um, you don't like him. Um, I don't know Ken Ken Foray. I guess you know you 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 kind of like him because he's the, he's helping everybody out and but they're you know, all characters. He's, he's you, like, you you enjoy them. You enjoy them on some level because they're all characters. No, 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 not you really. <laughs> no, I not, do. not very much. I do. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. So it's not like so. So I am comparing this a lot to like Chopping Mall because okay. both of these movies, these are both kind of B movies. They're very eighties movies. They're not for everyone. Um, but the difference between the two is. Um, that the 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 characters, the actors in Chopping Mall, I felt were more likable. They're and relatable. You know, I will say they're, re- and they're relatable, relatable. Whereas yeah. not everyone is like nah, the health nah, not, spa crowd. No, I mean, do you look? Michael's how he drives a Porsche. He drives a Porsche. You know, and he's you know this isn't Don Johnson driving the Ferrari like which everybody loved. You know, this is this guy driving the Porsche. He lives in a beautiful home, like he's got everything. He's dating he, the hottest he, chick in the club. He's dating, yeah, like he let you know his girlfriend set herself on fire, and then he backed out, and then he <laughs> you know went and hooked up with uh, you know Brenda Baki, and like he's living the life. You know what I mean? He's the owner of a club. You know, I don't identify with him at at all. Yeah. Like at all. You know. So, um I feel like more in this movie like I'm on the outside looking in and just watching these characters kind of go at each other whereas Chopping Mall you kind of feel like you're you're kind of, you're like with these guys, you know, you're yeah. with these guys against the the killer robots. So, um so no, I there's nothing about the characters, the character developments, and even though you have, you know, uh, Chelsea Field is is a seasoned actress, um, and been in a ton of stuff. Ken Foray's been in a ton of stuff. <sighs> it's the the characters aren't aren't really all that great. They're they're just they're not. They're okay. they're the weak okay. part. They're the weakest part of the movie. Okay. Um, so okay, <laughs> so now I have to mention it. That's because as hard. That that's as harsh as I'm going to be on this movie because the rest of this thing I love. I have to mention because uh, we had while we were talking, there have been some some great sequences. So you get the uh, aerobic dancing sequence, which is like so 80s. Very. They've got the yep. leg warmers. They're doing all the classic. I mean, it looks like an episode of Fame. You know, <laughs> right. yes, yes, it does. And then you're getting these interactions at the club. Uh, there's one of the the one guy who's working out, and Chelsea Field comes up and like tries to hit on him. And he has one of the most '80s ways of telling her he's gay that I've ever heard. Mm. Do you remember what he says to her? I don't. He no, says, "He says I'm Beta." And your VHS. Oh, and your VHS. <laughs> right. That's right. Yes. Yes, he does. Like, wow. Yeah. But then there's, uh, this has one of the best shower scenes of any 80s I, horror I don't, film. Hold on. Back up. Back up. <laughs> 
So, so gay people are beta. I think he's just using that as a description of like we're we're different. We're not compatible. But he referred to himself as beta. Yeah. And her VHS. VHS was the obviously the superior system. Actually, so, uh, uh, supposedly not true. Or maybe be- maybe beta was, but okay, beta whoever, was supposed they, to be better won. quality. It's okay, just but guess what? VHS won. <laughs> true. Because nobody calls it a beta machine. They call it a VHS. You know, they just say, yeah, I still have my VHS. Well, and if you see his death scene later, I mean, he probably was kind of beta. Because <laughs> he's it's the same guy. He's the one that gets his ribs ripped open. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's on now. So, okay. So, please, please do me a favor. Act. Talk to me like I'm five. How exactly did this happen? <laughs> yeah, it, it okay, is... explain what happens. First so, of all, just okay. explain in the movie what so happens. So he is he is on uh I don't I don't know the He's on a chest machine. It's a yeah, chest, it's a chest machine, machine where he's to doing work like your the pecs. butterflies coming. Yeah, to yeah. work your pecs. So you start with your arms out and you bring them in in front of you. Right. Um and right. on this particular one it has uh-huh. straps that you put your yes. hands up into to try and stabilize gotcha. sure. your, your hands on it. Okay, but and, your hands are equal with your your body, right? So they're it, not yeah, the, behind you. You don't start with your with your right. shoulders back and your elbows behind you. Your elbows should. be... It's as if you're like hands up, up. I get you're exactly like don't shoot. <laughs> they're completely lined up with your chest. Right. Your elbows are lined up with your chest, and your hands are pointing in the air. And so he starts working out, and the computer is okay. slowly raising the resistance. Mm. Yes. But then the resistance, the resistance, right? Okay, so, so you have to apply pressure in order to get resistance. Okay, right. Continue. So then it continues to up the weight equivalent uh-huh. in resistance. The resistance. Okay. <laughs> But at some on the same at page. some point though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it seems to raise it to the point where it actually begins to pull those pads backward. Okay, towards okay. The thank wall. you for explaining it. I didn't see that. All you see is him it just in the starting position, and his ribs just start exploding. <laughs> And he just starts going, ah, my God, my ribs. And I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't, it's not like the machine. They show the machine actively pushing his arms back. Right. So that you, so that, okay, if they did that, then you go, okay, his ribs are like splitting and, you know, you you can at least comprehend that. I, I can't wrap my head around this. The most ridiculous. Even though it was was awesome though. Oh yeah. Yeah. The blood, the blood literally squirts out of his side. Out of his, oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. But the most ridiculous part of it is that he can't get his hands out of those straps. <laughs> and no one can get, and, and they, everybody's around him. Yeah. They're all pulling like, on nobody the, nobody can get him pulling out. On nobody the pads. can get him out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah. So, but back the to the computer I, can't control the straps. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> the whole death. Nothing about that death made any sense. Right. I'm but, sorry. Uh, but it, this is this is full of gr- full of great deaths and full of these great moments. Like there, I was mentioning before we started talking about the ribs. 
Um, the shower scene, which there's a fun trivia fact, the shower scene, uh, you have the, like the close-ups on like the established actresses talking and, and chatting, but all of the extras that are in, that are all completely full frontal nude in that scene, they were all hired from a, a porn casting agency. Yeah. <laughs> They, they they basically just decide. All right, let's let's go to the source. <laughs> let's just make well. Let's just make it easy on ourselves. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm not going to audition a bunch of actresses that are going to no. And I don't want this to come off the wrong way. <laughs> I'm speaking through the director. Yeah. I don't want to hire a bunch of people or have a bunch of people come audition for a part where they're really just standing in the shower and they're being naked, and that's and- all they're doing just to tell me. When the day of filming that I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. right. They can't do it. So there's like, let's just go. Let's get porn actresses. Let's bring them in here. They'll they'll, they're going to do it. I've I've heard that that's actually the the one of the few times that you would see like uh, Roger Corman mad on a set is if he had hired an actress that had agreed to do nudity. And then on the day she changed her mind, he would he would actually get mad like very mad (laughs) now you can't like that's why he could never make movies now oh yeah (laughs) like no no bleeping way because you have um i they don't do it i don't know what they do for just nudity but for intimacy they have like an intimacy coordinator it all has to be it all has everything they and and they check out and they and they absolutely check, and you are allowed to change whatever you want on the day. Like if you're in it, and you're like, you know what, I'm not comfortable with him putting his hands there. Then they go, okay, let me change that. Yeah, we're not going to do yeah. that. And 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 you have all of that. Not back in there. 1988. I I can't tell you uh, be, because I I haven't heard what film. Uh, this happened on, but I did hear just kind of a rumored story about a film where they were having an intimate scene and on the day the choreography wasn't working for the actress, which is understandable. You know, you're, you're there. It's not a comfortable thing to do. You, you know, no, if you ever hear any, any actor or actress and I hate, I, any actor talk about it. Um, it's horrifying. It's, it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah, and they hate doing it. There's always at least more than one person there. Cause you have to have a sound guy. You have to have a, no. at least a sound guy, a cameraman and the director. You're forced to be in this super intimate situation with a person you've never met or like maybe just barely know. And, yeah. um, with people watching and there's funny, like, um, I think Jen- is it Jennifer Lawrence that like, said she eats a lot of garlic or she'll like, you know, (laughs) she does something like that to make her breath like absolutely stink (laughs) so that you like, you're completely repulsed by kissing her. So any guy kissing her in a movie is like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just there to do the job. Just there to do the job. And he's out. (laughs) But, uh, but I, the story that I had uh, read about the one time was, uh, they're in it. They're on the day. They're doing it, and the actress is having trouble with it because she's like, "Well, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm not comfortable," you know. And and they're having to change the things. 
And it got to the point where for the director, it's like, okay, it now, and, and, and given you want to do what is comfortable for the actors, Mm -hmm. but if the scene is supposed to like, if it's not just a throwaway sex scene, if the scene is supposed to establish some kind of special relationship between the two people Mm -hmm. and with the changes that get made, if the director is like, well now like, I don't feel the special relationship here. Like you don't, you know, you're not, you're not seeing, uh, the passion of the moment. And this director was like, well, fuck it. I'm cutting it. Like, Mm -hmm. forget it. Scenes out, you know, because this, this, what it is now doesn't work with where the scene is supposed to, to go to take us. So I got to come up with something else, you know, you'd be hard pressed to do nine and a half weeks without a little nudity. Yeah. And there's, and there, it's one of those things where it's not, it's not good. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just, uh, some actors are willing to make that trip and some aren't, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's funny when you think about it, like actors are asked to do a lot of crazy stuff, you know? And, um, so I, I get it. And, you know, I don't, well, I wouldn't say millions of people would have seen death spa, but you know, um, thousands of people are going to see you, you know, if, if, when you take your clothes off. So it's, that's, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. So, and speaking of nine and a half weeks, you mentioned nine and a half weeks. (laughs) This did. Sure. This film has a great scene where Michael and uh, Laura are having dinner. She's she's come home from the hospital after being mm. blinded, and they're and having gauze this, on the eyes. Ro- yeah, gauze on the eyes. She can't see shit, and they're having this. Which, by the way, I, I hate to interrupt you, <laughs> but he has a dining room where there's no railing, so he has this raised kind of dining room. <laughs> yeah. And it just cliffs off. It it's just the unsafest house blind. for a blind person. She, yeah, she can't see. I'm like, how is she going to, like, if she just tries to walk around the table, like, she's right off. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. So he's got all the candles lit. For what reason, we don't know. He could have the lights fully on. <laughs> she wouldn't know it. <laughs> but, yeah. And they're having this romantic dinner. And so he's feeding her. And the very first thing that he feeds her uh, yeah, is a limp piece of asparagus. Asparagus. It looks like so a, I think a he's, thin you know green he's, limp dick. He's trying to set expectations. <laughs> All right, it, that it, is <laughs> that is setting expectations. Kyle. I cannot believe that, that All they right. thought that was going to be hot. Because sweetie unfortunately my dick is just a little bit better than a limp piece of asparagus so if you can deal with this you can deal with yeah you're gonna you're gonna think mine's great you're gonna love me oh my gosh and so then we get into uh so so now some supernatural like asparagus afterwards your pee will smell don't swallow. Don't swallow. <laughs> Please. Please. Um, so with all the weird supernatural 
uh, shit that's been going on. Michael's Michael's starting to get the vibe that that he's having more intense dreams. He's getting weird shit happening on his computer. Uh, it's like he feels like his wife is reaching out to him, and so he goes to see Doctor Lido More. I don't know how they 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 landed on that name, yeah. But you can tell this is post Ghostbusters. Yep, because. Apparently, Dr. Moray has some some psychic ability, but apparently to augment his psychic ability, he uses this strange piece of equipment that's in a suitcase that has this light-up wand, yeah. <laughs> and it allows him to get clearer images and information from objects that right. he's trying to scan. Right, and uh, so it's it it feels so like just knockoff Ghostbusters type shit. Like, oh, he's got to have like electronic equipment to do right. his paranormal investigation. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, kind of a weird character insert here. You know, I mean, they probably could have just written the movie without him at all. Right? Did they need? Yeah, yeah, it, it literally just adds an extra death. That's all. That's all it does, is he's an extra yeah. person to die, you know? Yep. Yeah, spoiler alert, Dr. Lito Moray <laughs> yeah, dies a horrible death. Yeah, just dies a death. <laughs> no, no, we have to talk about the worst death in the movie. <laughs> all right, do you want to do that now, or do you want to keep talking wait, about Wait, what, wait about what well which one are you thinking of okay so there's the scene where there's two girls that are always hitting on michael right karen parsons and then the other one yeah and so the other one thinks that she got an invitation from michael to meet her in the shower or the in the basement literally it was in the basement oh in the basement yeah come meet me yeah Right. Down in the basement. And so she gets like uh the sprinkler system goes off. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's it's, uh, it's acid. Something in the sprinkler system. It's like acid in the system and when it comes out, she's covered in it and she ends up like disintegrating. Yeah, she literally and, melts. And the worst part about it is later in the movie, after you think she's just dead, later in the movie you see... Yeah, Michael like, finds her. Michael eventually thinks, finds her. Right, thinks she's dead, and then she starts to move because she's still alive. Right. And she's just completely, she's like melted. But she's still alive. Yeah. 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 So that's probably the worst. Or thing. no, or is it Dr. Moray? Does Dr. Moray find her or does Michael? I think Dr. Moray finds Dr. Moray her. finds her. That's part of yeah, right before he dies cuz he he goes and pre- I don't I don't know what the point of this was. He has him pretend <laughs> to be an insurance investigator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why why the owner of the club needs to make up a cover story as to why this guy is there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she um 
she dies an absolutely oh it's coming up yeah so yeah michael yeah michael draws her like a little map uh of where to meet him yeah uh, she yeah she gives karen parsons a line because karen parsons was is interested in him too and um so she's kind of sneaking off so she can get some from michael and uh oh the worst the absolute worst yeah i mean it's it's bad enough like the way it starts but then when you she's discovered shortly thereafter that's the worst part that's the worst she's still alive literally her it's gone through her rib cage and her sternum her heart is exposed and it's still beating yeah and then she's got she's only got one eye left that you can't tell if it's functional or not and like her tongue's like lolling out you know like she's got no no face i mean no oh it's 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 like but that's but this is one of the 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 um the good parts of the movie. So we're talking about it like it's just, it is a, it's a terrible death, but it's creative and it's, and it comes back later. Right. Which is a, which is great. And it's in line with some of the other deaths in the movie. So like, um, that's probably the best part of the movie is the creative way that the computer is killing these people. Well, yeah. And I mean, there's just some, uh, yeah, who, whoever, you know, came up with each one of these, it's just uh, super impressive. You would not expect, and also even the level of special effects work, you would not expect to see that in a movie of this level. Do we, yeah, do we know what the uh, the budget for Death Spa was? That I did not did see say, in, in my research. Yeah. They, I didn't see any any information on uh, what their their budget I don't know. was. Could it have been more than you know? It wasn't more than half a was half a million. Maybe maybe. I'd say no more maybe. than eight hundred, eight hundred thousand. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it had to have been under a million. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, Oh, the, and the the bubbling and frothing of her skin, and everything. Yep. And there it goes. The sprinkler system goes, and it's just like it's all acid. Yeah, it's just so weird. And um, and I, I will say that I think that you can kind of almost tell whoever did work on the effects in this film. I feel like they had to have been inspired in some way by the Italian filmmakers. Because a lot of these deaths feel similar to things that you would see in the Italian horror films. With like the, the, the bright red blood and the way it sprays out of people. And, um, you know, just outlandish like physical effects of things. You know what I mean? That feels mm. like very much like, you know, like a a Bava film or an Argento film, something you would see, you know, Fulci, one of those yep. guys would make. Yeah. That's yep. how, that's almost how a lot of this movie feels. Even some of the, the shots, like, because, you know, a lot of the, when you watch like Argento and stuff, a lot of his stuff is in these like really beautiful houses. And mm-hmm. like, there's that one great scene. Um, 
I, I'm going to kick myself because I can't remember which film it was from, but there's the one scene where the girl gets her hand chopped off and she sprays the blood, the bright red blood sprays all across the, the, the white wall of this beautiful house that she's in. And yeah. it's just like, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like it's so ridiculous, but it yeah. feels so great to watch it. It's like, it, yeah. it's, it's like horror that makes you go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's. So here she is going up to the loft with no railing i'm sorry i i'm <laughs> yeah i'm she's on the just, safety committee at work I, that's not safe, that's, that's not safe. <laughs> she's just cruising around the house yep um so yeah so let's um while while they're in a little bit of a lull you know having like a little they're just talking this is when this is so i mentioned earlier that um this movie at times feels like scenes from dallas Oh yeah. This is one of those scenes from Dallas. So the brother comes over to kind of mess with uh Yeah, he's actively Fox. fucking around now. You you've already we've already yeah, established right. there's something wrong because you've heard him having a conversation with his sister, but mm-hmm. his, the sister's dead. Dead. Yep. And you get the he's alluded to they're twins, so they had like a special connection. And all mm-hmm. this stuff, and so he basically just comes over just to fuck around with Laura, just to yeah. to scare the shit out of her, and kind of be threatening. And it's as if you can tell he's like on the on the edge. He's not ready to do anything, but he's he's like right there. He's like just kind of like on the precipice of being dangerous in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah, but that works into something that I wanted to talk about because even though this is not a deep film, <laughs> I not 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 particularly. No, <laughs> I'm interested in in some of the kind of things that are going on in it in the respect of you have uh, you have David who is an established gay character. Hmm. It also happens that he is working in cahoots with the villain, the ghost of his sister. Mm -hmm. And to kind of jump ahead, we find out that the sister has been actively possessing David's body Mm -hmm. to use it to carry out her dastardly plans. Dastardly. (laughs) Yes, they <laughs> are dastardly. When right. she does so, she then dresses in women's clothing to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, I get this kind of vibe of there's a there's some holdover in this film of a little bit of like the homophobia and the transphobia. <clears throat> I thought about that when I was watching it. I I thought about it. Um, I think if you want to look for something, you can you can find it there. But it, it's not. I don't think they're trying to intentionally put it in your face. 
I think it's more like she's possessing him. So he's like, he's, yeah, he's a gay character, but they're twins. So I think that was more the focus is more the fact that they are twins. They're kind of this one, you know, being. And when she dies, she's still a part of him, especially because they're, they're twins. And so she's working through him. And so there is that element of, you know, wearing women's clothes and, and, and that sort of thing or acting or when acting threatening towards Brenda Baki being more effeminate than he, than he is because he's, it's really her. Yeah. That's, that's really messing with working with through him. Lar- right. Ro- working through him. And I think he, tr- I think you do see him transition that way. So I don't think that he starts off super effeminate. Like he's, he's, He's gay. I mean, you, you, he's, yeah, no, he's not. He's not like uh, but, Jack from Will and Grace. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so he he does make that change, and you see him make that change. So, make that change. Even though he's, <laughs> thank you, Michael. Um, but even though he's gay, I don't know that that has as much to do with it as just her working through him and their connection because they're twins. And I will say that they, they... That's At least that's the surface thing. Like I said, if yeah. you want to look for it, if you want to try to go find something like that, I think you can find it. But I think on the surface, it's really just that. So if you're the director, you're the writer, that's kind of probably what you're telling people. And, and I think that they muddy the waters enough because of the fact that you do eventually... like it, it As the movie develops, he initially is going along with it it's his twin sister he misses her uh he believes that she was done wrong as well Mm -hmm. you know with her but then later in the film you get the idea that he actually went now that he's seeing what she's doing he doesn't like it anymore and he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to help and mm-hmm. he tries to resist her and she overpowers mm-hmm. him, you know, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And because I will say he has a moment there during one of those conflicts with the ghost of his sister in his head where he lets out probably the greatest no scream since Troll 2. <laughs> <laughs> like like mm-hmm. when the guy in Troll 2 goes... Oh my God! <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. uh, I will say it's the weakest moment for uh, for Merrick Buttrick in this film, but he re- he lets out this no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so it does bring across that. <laughs> oh, here he's gonna like yeah. Sorry, folks, we're at the part where yeah, she just melted. Yeah, well, Her heart is still beating. <laughs> but it's smoking yeah and she's still alive she's like lifting her head her face is completely melted off she's just goo and hair and bones and um, I mean, she's yeah ugh. it's really bad <laughs> and just smoking <laughs> yeah that's that is just terrible and um yeah. but so you get the idea that he he's resisting and so it does muddy the waters it makes him it kind of redeems him that he's He's now an unwilling participant in this. 
Um, and now we're coming up on, uh, just to tear away quickly, after the smoking, bubbling corpse of the young girl, uh, we're getting Leto Moray's death scene, which has such uh, an Italian horror thing happen. Leto, for his expertise in ghosts, decides to pull a luger on the ghost yeah. of Catherine. And she yeah. explodes his fucking hand. Yes. <laughs> really cool. Yep. And and blood just goes just, spurting just, everywhere. Just gushes. Like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, oh, it's like Kill Bill. Everywhere. It's Kill Bill. It's just spurting everywhere. The blood yeah. is just gushing it's from like his stomach. It's like a fire stomach. hose of blood, yeah. So, like, that's the, that's the thing about this movie, uh, Listeners. It has those moments, right? It, it has like, like you can you know get into a little bit of like you know what is this movie trying to say? But it's just so in the off end, the, it's just that it's just it's so just... off the wall that it it sure. immediately tears you out of that idea of like yep. trying to figure this movie out, right. and you're just well, like, did you see that fucking guy say? explode <laughs> holy shit dude <laughs> no. well yeah exactly and that's what i said earlier the <laughs> best part about this movie is the deaths that is the absolute best part of the movie um and then you know all the 80s stuff um <laughs> but yeah they're just very creative so and then and then michael shows up in a leather jacket with no shirt on to again investigate you know, what happened to dr super unreliable yeah he yeah <laughs> like who just goes out in a in a leather jacket with no shoes? well he didn't put any any and no shoes right he's barefoot right? <laughs> he's barefoot so like you know you have time to put shoes and socks on and a shirt now i don't mind the fact that he didn't necessarily didn't have a shirt on, but you know. now so that was my first deep question was about the, the, the David angle, but okay. There's another deep question about death spa. Is this movie (laughs) about the death of the me generation? I'll just let that sit for a second. (laughs) Mm. If you you think about the eighties, this is late eighties. This is getting made. Is this about about the about maybe the the evils of the me generation? Because if you think about, it, they set it in a health spa, so it's all about people who were, you know, like the the eighties. The eighties like version of working out wasn't exactly about like so much about health as it was about like how you looked. That's a lot of working out now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like a lot of people go to the gym so they they can look like yeah. No, that's that's a lot of well, what it is now. But I'm saying like the in the 80s it was like there were all of the uh, Jane Fonda workouts and there was all of the well aerobics were big. Yeah, and alternative kinds of exercise that didn't just involve lifting weights. The thigh master. So or 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 jogging. You had. <laughs> Well, you just had more um, innovation, I think, um, in as in terms of exercise, and that was driven by, hey, hey man, 
Mr. Schwarzenegger himself. Like that was that that was the influence of his popularity and Mr. Olympia and Terminator and all that stuff and working out and it was a big deal. And then you had the presidential fitness, you know, uh, tests for kids and schools. Like it was all about when I thought working about, out and being healthy and all that. Yeah. And I thought about it too. Yeah. So 1987, when this film first got kind of started, right? Yeah. Whenever this movie was finally made. So in 1987, WrestleMania three took place in Pontiac, ah, in Pontiac, Michigan. Michigan. That's right, in front of ninety three thousand people, strong to watch the Hulkster lift <laughs> the giant over his head and slam him down, brother. <laughs> it held the record for attendance for yes, a live did. indoor sporting event until twenty ten. Yeah. It yep. held the oh, record. No, it was huge. Oh my god, Kyle. WWF wrestling was humongous in the 80s. It held the record until the uh, the in 2010 when the they held yep. the NBA All-Star game. Sure. That beat the record that yeah. WrestleMania. Oh, it's all about Hogan and Andre and Macho Man. Absolutely. You're you're talking it held that record for what what are we talking 22 years 23 years sure so that and and what what is wrestle what was wwf all about you know i mean it's about big well what buff was dudes it, and hot women you know and, and but who was the most popular guy it was hulk hogan, hulk hogan yep and the prayers and the vitamins and the training brother right yeah that's how you, you know, get these pythons he, but but that he had the twenty four inch pythons and he was um, he didn't start off at his career that way but that's what he evolved into and he became you know this big inspiration for kids and stuff like that and so you know kids wanted to be Hulk Hogan older kids wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando and Predator and you know Terminator they wanted to look like that you know. Uh, but then on the on the other side of it, you had um, you did you had Jane Fonda and you had, you know, people like Denise Austin and stuff like that who made all of those aerobic videos and, and combined with, yeah, home video. Yeah. You could work out in your own living room. So it was all about working out. So so that's the thing. So, I, you know, I wanted to look at, like, what was going on leading up to this. So you, you have things like that wrestlemania you've got jane fonda you've got you know uh we always used to see the commercials for the jack Lalane workouts mm -hmm. you know and all yep. that kind of stuff and it was all about image it was all about body it was all about all that kind of stuff absolutely uh, a, a lot of self self-centered you know pursuits and sure. then and then you know you've got the things like in 87 uh, also, they had the Dow Jones closed above 2,500 for the first time that July, but then that October they had Black Monday, yeah, where it fucking tanked. And then mm -hmm. the year before that was when you had the Challenger disaster and Chernobyl, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like all these things that were happening in the early 80s that were like all like pumping everybody up. That was that me generation stuff. Make your money, 
it was like it was like the predecessor to Jim Tan Laundry, right? <laughs> oh yeah, greed is good, you know, and um, and all of that, yeah, and fast cars and fast money and and uh, looking good and partying and that's yeah. And so I feel like even though this movie, it's not making like a big point. It's not like no. There, no. yeah. There, there's no like like uh, special subtext going on here, but I think that the environment that this movie kind of grows out of is that kind of people are like starting to get like kind of fed up with people who live this lifestyle, who drive their Porsches to their health club, and mm. you know, and all this yeah. shit, and it's like. I I feel like this movie is kind of a um uh just kind of an accidental response to that that life up to now that we're we it's were living the, in the, the 80s. height of excess and all of that yeah and, absolutely and, and, and where and does... shortly after Nirvana will come in and save us all right <laughs> and I mean where does the movie culminate the movie culminates with for whatever reason a Mardi Gras party that they're throwing in the club. Yeah. And what is Mardi Gras about? Partying. An excess. An excess. Yeah. Right? Fat Tuesday, you know? Yep. Um, which we just, we just had. It's, we just had. It's all yeah. lining up, Brad. I'm connecting no, the dots. <laughs> That's right. That's why we're uh, doing the death spot episode now. <laughs> Right, we plan that out. But yeah, it's literally like I mean the the scene in the club during the Mardi Gras party is like I mean you're talking eighties on eleven. It's given they're in costumes. And there always and stuff, has to but, be a guy in the gorilla suit. There always right. has to be a dude in the gorilla suit. There's a guy in a gorilla suit. There's a dude just spinning around on the dance floor. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I think I think even. Uh, some macho man Randy Savage knockoff with his dick hanging out makes an appearance. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, so that's sort of like the thing is then all this is going to happen. All this like death and destruction is going to happen in the midst of like this big excessive party happening with all these excessive people in the midst of their, uh, their fancy super modern health spa. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I feel like, again, it, it might not have been think, like planned, but it's I think there. you had to work to get there, Kyle. <laughs> but I appreciate the work that you just did because uh, that, that you're drawing a lot. You're getting a lot of blood from that stone, man. Am I, Am I there's overthinking not it? Much to, there's, not, <laughs> there's not much to this movie, folks. But, um, but I suppose if you can, if you think about it, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go. Let's go with it. Doesn't the the woman woman who plays um, Catherine? Yeah. Do you think she looks a lot like Kathleen Kinmont? She has she has uh, similar facial features. She looks like she could be like. Like her, the eyes. It's her the sister eyes, or a cousin or it's, something. It's the eyes and the hair, I think. Yeah. But she, she, you know, 
sometimes you look and you're like, that way, no, that's not Kathleen Kinmont. But um, I just thought she looked a lot like her. Anyway, Death Spa. <laughs> and then you've got, uh, at the Mardi Gras party, you've got Ken Foray. He, he dre- he's dressed up like he looks like Kazam. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the fake, uh, you know, that's like the Mandela effect thing where people think that, <laughs> that, uh, Sinbad was in a movie mm. called Kazam. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, but yeah, he looks, he's dressed up like Arabian Nights or whatever. Yep. And, and the, Ghost of Catherine makes one of the strangest uh, moves in this. She she takes the place of the guy in the pirate costume that they've left to guard the computer to make sure no one turns the computer on. Because mm-hmm. Michael and Marvin have turned the computer off and then done the Top Gun high five. <laughs> yes, right? yes, they did. And he's like, yep. yeah, nobody's going to die tonight. And then <laughs> Catherine shows up, turns the computer back on, like, almost immediately. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then takes the place of the pirate. She dress, she puts a mask on, dresses up like the pirate, and then goes and abducts Laura from the party. Laura, who's just gotten her sight back. She's, oh, she's wearing, like, dark glasses, but she's able to see. Yeah. And she does one of the strangest... There's lots of ways to kill people in this club, apparently. But she's going to kill Laura by cooking her on the tanning bed. (laughs) Which I don't know if you can even do. (laughs) Like, the tanning bed... Like, I know she's like a ghost with supernatural powers. But the tanning bed, you know, the setting only goes so high. All right, Kyle, what have we learned about the deaths in this movie? They're creative, but they're kind of like silly. So, you know, we talked about the the chess machine, right? Yeah. Um, that I don't think that can really, if you increase the pressure, it's just, it's, he just can't move his hands forward. You unstrap them and you, and you move on. It's the same thing here. Yeah. <laughs> So I I don't I mean I guess if you're in the tanning bed long enough tan mom um <laughs> got really dark tan mom got really dark and uh, that you know I just I don't know but not like hmm but what and what gets unless me, there's a setting on it is there a high like a the highest setting possible I yeah maybe there's an eleven does it go up to eleven. Yeah. And I think maybe you're right. With her supernatural abilities, she can make it even hotter than it normally gets. Now, the weird part is, is when Catherine takes over David's body, they see, people see, like, it's a physical change. People see Catherine. They don't see David. Right. Because, like, the pirate guy, uh, Laura, they're seeing Catherine. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's an even weirder part is that it's there's an actual physical change that takes place. It's literally like David wolfs out and becomes yep. Catherine. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But uh 
But the party is probably the best part of the film because that's where all of the, like the most like weirdest and most interesting deaths take place. Like the the one girl melting is like an amazing single event, but this is like yeah. death after death after death. <laughs> right, right. Like yeah. she, Catherine just goes fucking bonkers and just starts murdering everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know what she did to pirate guy's face. He turns pirate guy's face around and it's like his face has like been like physically twisted or something. Yeah. It's like she twisted his face and it killed him. But, uh, but, and the, the whole sequence is full of this great, like there's all this magenta lighting you know, mm-hmm. and and all this kind of crazy shit, which um, for anybody that watches uh, Joe Bob, Joe Bob just had his Valentine's Day special. Mm-hmm. And the, the, yeah, the second movie on that was Vamp with Grace Jones. And that was full of this, like magenta and green. Like it looked like an episode of the 1960s Batman <laughs> oh my and, goodness and that's yeah. what that kind of lighting reminds me of it's like how they would light like the the riddler's lair <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> or a joel schumacher film <laughs> yes you yes could, you could easily we all remember batman forever yeah you could easily equate it to batman forever it would be about the same thing my goodness <laughs> and and Michael gets totally punked out. Catherine shoves him once, and he's out cold. And now we get uh, a great scene again in... Now, this isn't the steam room. This this place has not just a steam room, but a steam room and a sauna. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, it's got both. <laughs> and uh, Tom, who has... Uh, gotten broken up with by Priscilla, Tom the lawyer, he gets a piece of the wooden wall fucking shoved through his head. And yeah. his brains spill out. His brains spill out. All yeah. over the bench. While he's with this hot naked girl who then starts freaking the fuck out because like all of wow. the walls are coming to life. Well, yeah, his brains just fell out of his head. So, it's a little traumatizing. And now we get the we we finally see it where we actually get to see the the morph where uh Michael wakes up and it's David sitting there but well, acting Michael very Well, Michael is trying to appeal to David, you know, and this right. is where it kind of But we actually see and, the shift. Then, we see the wolf out. Yeah. <laughs> And yep. and David turns into Catherine, and that's when Michael now has put all the pieces together, and he's figured out what the hell's going on, and he's yeah he's trying to get David to help. It's it's basically like um, an exorcism, because that's what they would do, and they they'd be like you know you got to fight the demon, fight the demon, and Michael's telling yeah. David fighter, fighter. Right, right. And then they do this great where they're rolling from side to side and it keeps changing back and forth from David to Catherine and Catherine to to David. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. So the the movie just gets, it keeps ramping up. 
it just keeps ramping up more and more. And uh, who, Brad, who wins? Does, does David win or does Catherine win? Um, Catherine wins. Catherine <laughs> wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. She she basically uh, destroys her own brother forever just to yeah. get get her uh, crazy revenge. Yeah. Is that what tanning booths looked like back then? It just looks like she's. No, that um, looks like some. It looks like an overhead. It looks like an overhead lamp that you would have to keep like fried chicken warm at your <laughs> grocery store. Right. When you go up and you get the fried chicken at that big overhead lamp, they have to keep it warm. That's what it looks like. And then she's just laying on a steel slab. Well, and it's like everything in this club. It's like this weird version of modern to where they've made it look like a cement slab. <laughs> and there's only one of them. There's, there's only, only one. one of them in the room. There's only one booth. It seems like a weight. There's this huge room and there's one tanning bed in the. in the. Uh, yeah. So it's a little weird. But. But yeah, and nobody notices. Nobody seems to stop completely partying when that that's kind of what does get me about the end sequence here is that. M- Michael running from one end of the club to the other and then physically jumping through the glass door of the tanning booth. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Marvin rushes in to try to help and he gets thrown through another window. And uh, most of the people don't stop partying. Yeah, it didn't disrupt. Yes, yeah, so yes. Okay, a few, I'm glad a that few you were like, it. "Oh, I'm what's glad going that on?" You mentioned it because I was actually wondering that myself. <laughs> like, how has like the party not completely scattered? I mean, but it takes yet another major like event to happen before everybody's like, "Oh my god, we got to get out of here." But yeah, so much has already happened in front of other people. Yeah, this. So, I don't know. They it's, are partying yeah. very hard. These people have waited all year. For this part, <laughs> well, they, they are not alcohol. Alcohol can put on the pounds, Kyle. So you have to. <laughs> you, you're working out. You can't really have alcohol as part of your diet. And then the one time a year they're allowed to have it, this happens. <laughs> you know. Oh, and this girl gets her hand caught in the blender. So earlier in the movie, she's making smoothie, and she puts tomatoes in the smoothie. And she plays a trick on someone where she puts her hand in the blender and pretends like it turned yeah, on. And yeah. her, her oh my hand's god! Oh my, it's like total foreshadowing. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, exactly." Oh, talk about Chekhov's gun, right? Yep. You know that blender's coming back later in the movie, and surely enough, there it is. Yep. Only this time she can't get the blender off, and the cop this, is desperately trying this, to help her get the. This is and, the and for your cons- everywhere. This is the for your consideration academy moment. Yeah. This cop trying yeah. to get the blender, which is totally yeah. not connected to anything anymore. <laughs> no, I'm like, well, if your hand's gone, yeah, just and he's and he is devastated that this girl half his age that he was hitting on has now gotten her hand obliterated in this blender and she's bled out she's almost immediately bled out on the floor well it kind of ruined his plans for the evening and he is completely devastated he is he is like now like full-blown ptsd after this one moment 
But then he gets magically sucked into the walk-in freezer. And this is where it just goes fucking bonkers. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. What is that, mackerel? There's seltzer flying, bursting out of bottles. There's supplements flying all over the place. And then I think they're eels because I think it's supposed to be like for for sushi. Yeah, Yeah, okay. And these eels come to life on the shelf and one of them bites the cop, flies off the shelf and bites the cop... It, it, it is a resurrected, reanimated eel. He gets attacked by a reanimated eel. Yep. And it bites his throat to the point where, again, the blood is spurting. So be streams. careful, folks. If you have any eels in your freezer, you know, be careful because they could reanimate and kill you. It is absolutely the most ridiculous death in the entire... That minute-long sequence. I have to think about it. I don't know. There's a lot of crazy deaths in this. That minute-long sequence is like the the cherry on top (laughs) of the Death Spa Sunday. (laughs) Do they ever explain... The magenta color is not explained right what is it's just her it's It's just just like supposedly her ghostly presence or whatever like her ghostly aura ghost aura yeah ghost aura yeah Yeah. okay yeah i think i think if you see any magenta uh lighting around a supernatural character in a film it's ghost aura yeah (laughs) no one at this party uh also has heard about the girl in the, the girl with the blender a pool of blood no she died in a pool of blood like all with the a blood. cop screaming the cop is screaming the... screaming the still has not ended and yeah they're all still there's people in the there's people in the bathroom just like checking their hair <laughs> nobody has stopped partying nobody has stopped dancing no, yeah everybody's still dancing yeah, yeah. it's crazy <laughs> They're just all about the good times. And now this is oh. the wildest. Like Oh my god. The cop's death was bonkers. Priscilla Wayne's death, the the evil partner, her death yes. is off the fucking chain. It's awesome. <laughs> it's... She goes and she's had a head injury because yep. uh her her old uh buddy Tom has knocked her out. Because he, yep. he was stealing, like, the money or the deed or some shit. Yeah, he's the sleazy lawyer who double-crossed the double-crosser. Right. Yeah. And so she's finally, like, come to, and she's checking her head wound in the mirror, like, oh, my God. Probably got a concussion. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden, the mirror just starts shaking, and then fucking explodes, and it blows her, blows her. fucking head to pieces. Yes. I mean, there's yeah. literally face pieces on the floor. <laughs> you see a split second of fucking face pieces on the yep. floor after her head gets blown off. And then that is when the entire fucking club bursts into flames. <laughs> yep. And it's just, it's just, I mean, the end of this movie is a tour de force of craziness. Right. Now, and then, so Michael finally is like, I gotta, 
I got to cut the power. I got to overload the the computer because somehow he knows she's like connected to the computer. Right. And so he has to hold like some kind of weird sci-fi flick. He has to hold two cables together and he right. is getting electrocuted while he's like blowing shorting out the system. Right. And killing the ghost of Catherine uh, yep. through electrical magic. And <laughs> Michael looks like he is having the most bodacious orgasm that any grown man has yeah. ever had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. the jaw-clenching, screaming, Neanderthal brow-furrowing that this guy is doing... <laughs> Because <laughs> we forgot to mention his Neanderthal those, brow. Some, some, sometimes those those supplements that they take, they can really make you try to, like, you know, you really have to take a shit. It, it so looks I think he was just trying to hold it in. It, it looks like he's either trying to pass a kidney stone or... Probably. Or, yeah, the, 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 the steroids have, like... <laughs> turned his jizz to stone <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's no. just not it's like stuck <laughs> oh oh he can't get it oh he can't it's, release that's the yeah. worst his, his, it's his, like the it's like it's like the glue at the top of the bottle like when it dries <laughs> and then the uh, the glue won't come out behind it his right. his wang is just going <coughs> <laughs> it's trying to trying to hawk it up all this pressure building up so when you like get rid of that old glue it... oh my god and like veins are popping out in his yeah. fucking forehead his giant yeah. neanderthal forehead and so so Catherine slash david has been burned mostly to death yeah. but we find out she she is is only mostly dead. Mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> and she reaches out for David. David or not David? Uh, Michael. Michael proceeds to rip her arm off. <laughs> and then the the female cop. We forgot to mention that there's a a female cop and a male cop. The male cop is dead in the freezer. The female cop is still alive. The female cop proceeds to empty her gun into the burned carcass, uh, the head of Catherine. And then yep. Catherine is still moving, even after yep. this. Yep. Until her eye bursts in a weird... Uh, it, looks like a, it looked like a It looked like a paintball exploding. It looked like, uh, if you ever watched Dr. Pimple Popper, <laughs> oh, it looked like a Man, cyst. we're going to... Are we going to end that way? We're <laughs> end with that image in my head oh my god <laughs> it looks like a cyst popping and uh yeah i mean and that's that's pretty much the end of the movie i mean they do make it out the main characters including marvin a mm, lot including uh, marvin yeah hey, hey you know what yep, i a, know we've talked of, about it a lot of people like uh -huh. to think that ll cool j was the first it he was wasn't not. He yeah. wasn't. There's been a long list, and and yeah. Ken Foray as Marvin is on that list. Is on that list. He yep. he, yes, is he is a, he is the I, and 
folks, we're just talking about, I mean, this is a classic trope. He He's a black guy that survives the movie. Normally, in a lot of these, especially lower-budget horror flicks, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there there was a, a latent level of racism that, that, that crops up in a lot of these where the black yeah. guy usually dies for... I mean, they just made a whole movie about that, The Blackening, which, The Blackening, great movie, by the way. I recommend yep. it. I haven't haven't watched it, but I'll. I'll oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, but that that was their tagline promoting the film was they can't all die first. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> oh, but yeah, check check that for anybody out there. Check out the Blackening. Awesome, awesome movie. Good stuff. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, it, you know. Well, so, I'm 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 glad we did an episode on Death Spa, Kyle. That. <laughs> That's the kind of quality we have to bring, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where I think if this hadn't been on Shudder, it's a movie that we probably would never have seen. I don't, well, I don't know that. Maybe not never, but... It's hard. We watch a lot of weird stuff sometimes. (laughs) I, I do, you know. But with all the streaming services and Tubi and Freebie and all that stuff that's out there. Um, a lot of these kind of movies are out there now. And there, and if you have a Saturday afternoon to kill, you know, you can run through a couple of these and you'll run into, you know, a, a kind of a gem of a, of a movie and it's not chopping mall, which is, just a just an underrated gem of a movie um <laughs> but it was fun we had a lot of fun watching this the first time we we watched it and um and i i don't we just saw this 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 year right well in 2023 we watched it right i mean but this is a 1988 movie we somehow this escaped you know yeah i think views. i think i watched this I think I watched this late one night before we watched it together. I hadn't I hadn't watched it until that. Yeah, but yeah, then we, watched it, then we watched it together, and and yeah, I mean, it's just it's so so ridiculous. And if you if you see the um, the like poster art, it's got like a girl on like a an exercise bike with a skull face, you know, and a guy yeah. like behind her like screaming. I, I, the, the cover art for some of these movies, you know, uh, for the, like the home video, like the VHS, um, you know, they rival, sometimes they were as cool as like the, you know, um, the album covers and like music album covers and stuff like that. Uh, they just had really fun, especially like metal albums. That was like a, you know, metal and horror in the eighties kind of went together and that's a total, totally like metal album cover style you know to do oh yeah so yeah yeah and i mean the the um i watched the the trailer for this on i wanted i saw the trailer was on youtube you could i I wanted to watch some clips when i was like doing my research to like kind of remind myself of this moment or that moment because a lot of like the fun moments are up on youtube the ones that people can get away with and they don't get like taken down because youtube is like you know oh little kids can't see heads exploding or something Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I watched the trailer, and the trailer that had a great, uh, very '80s horror movie tagline: "An exercise 
in terror. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great tagline. Great um, tagline. Fantastic. And I Just also, fantastic. I also saw where apparently there is um, there's one slip up in the movie that you don't really notice until somebody points it out. There is a boom mic that does slip in. Is there? Oh God! In the scene where where I know Ma- I didn't notice it. Right, because Michael goes to confront uh, Tom because he's found Tom's uh, very cool Casio watch. Uh, at the electrical panel in the club, which that's how he knows that Tom's been. This is this is when Michael still thinks this is all just sabotage. Mm-hmm. That somebody's fucking with him, and so yep. he he finds the the Casio digital watch and goes to confront Tom about it because he knows it's Tom's watch because Tom is the only guy cool enough to own a Casio digital watch, and. Yep. That's when he finds out when he gets there, Priscilla's there as well, coming out of like the the bedroom or the shower or some shit. And that's how he finds out that they're together. And it's during that confrontation, she goes out, they they set up a very soap opera scene where she's going to sit on the outside deck steps or some shit. And in the garden and have this like, you know, chat about how they've been fucking him over. (laughs) And... It's they do a like a wide shot with the two of them and she's just sitting down and a boom mic comes in from around the corner in the doorway. But then as if he knew Tom slips in to the doorway like he's going to listen to their conversation and he covers it up real quick. It's only there for like a second. Professional. (laughs) True professional. True professionals. Yep. Um, and to give you an idea, like this, it's even great. I, 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 we're at the end, we've been, the credits have rolled and I paused it because they have like a section where they say promotional goods provided by, and they have like the credits of people who like, you know, donated shit to like do product placement. The first two LA gear and Casio electronics. Oh, Casio. (laughs) Cause I saw Pepsi was in there too. (laughs) You know, I mean, so this is like, it, that's that's just the great part of this is is just the, it, it, this is eighties all the way. You if you oh, want a, a great percent, if you want to be able to sit there some nights, you just want to sit there, and you know they can't they can't all be uh, they can't all be hereditary. They can't all be, um, you know, nope. Or something, you know, like they can't all be like these, you know, big budget, high profile, you know, stuff with a lot of things to think about. Sunday movie. This is just a veg out movie. Right. Um, This is this is if you want to just hang out with your buddies, eat a bunch of junk food and laugh your asses off and have a good time. Yeah. Death Spa is one of the movies that you want. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. I'm glad we watched it, and I'm glad we did an episode on it. <laughs> so it's a fun little, it's a fun little movie, and again, I'm never, really am surprised somehow it, it just we never watched it. I we never, I don't know how that's possible. So, well, and you don't hear about whatever. it. You don't hear about it very much. No, like no, I, I think it I'm got, sure, I'm sure the people that listen are just gonna look and go that that spa. What are they doing? <laughs> I think that um, it got like a brief mention 
on like one of the in search of darkness documentaries but that's like the mm. only place that i've ever seen anybody talk about death spa um but yeah definitely definitely check it out um check so- it out definitely worth a watch and <laughs> it is it is worth your time for sure so brad uh why don't you yeah. tell the audience what we're cooking up for next time oh we gotta do innocent blood Oh shit! We didn't we didn't do innocent blood. What I thought we didn't do innocent blood. We didn't. Uh, why do we do we, death yeah. spawn, not innocent blood? We'll do innocent. Well, I we will get to innocent blood. We'll do innocent blood next week. Okay. Or okay. well, next time we next time we record. And then, well, after that, you want to do reanimator, right? Reanimator. Yep. We got to get innocent blood done, but then let's get into reanimator. Okay. All right. All right, so I think for now that's uh, that's it from from me. That that's a wrap. Yeah. Okay. So from me and me. Thanks for listening, and remember, the broadcast is coming from inside the Death Spa. Yeah. <laughs> How much you bench? <laughs> what you benching?